0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Matrix Breakers. And we have an exciting guest who has been here already. Jennifer Payne. Say hello, Jen. Hey,
1: everyone. How's it going? I'm Jennifer.
0: Nice. And Jennifer is a homeopathic doctor. She's just absolutely in love with health and wellness. Um, She's in love with serving people. Uh, She's in love with God. She's a warrior for God. Um, She's just a a light of beacon, uh, a real just truth magnet and a truth Seeker in every way, just like we all are here on the podcast. We're always just seeking the truth and all kinds of different uh, conversations, discussions, topics. And so we have a few topics for her to discuss. Um, But first and foremost, I wanted to have Jen, if you don't know who Jen is, you're maybe newer to the podcast. I'd love for Jen to share just a little bit about herself.
1: Thanks, Dylan. So uh, I am. An enthusiast. (laughs) I am an enthusiastic sort of animated person. I'm a single mother of three. Two of them live with me still teenagers. Uh, One is already grown and out of the house. I have a long history of studying healing about almost 20 years in homeopathic medicine, and about seven years in uh, intensive uh, medical nutrition. And just generally am enthusiastic about it. Definitely not an expert. I'm definitely I consider myself a lot lifelong student, so always learning and growing, uh, and I have a passion for it, and I have had opportunities in my life to um, move in the circles of healing for a number of years, so uh, that's a conversation I enjoy, and uh, in addition to that, I also am an executive assistant. And, um, so I've been pursuing, uh, the career, uh, world a little bit as well. And so quite a few th- uh, different things going on, uh, in my life. And then, um, finally, and really the, my first priority of course is the gospel. So as the member of the body of Christ, the, uh, the gospel of peace. So
0: that's awesome. Yeah. Me and Jen, we might've met, um, it might've been like six years ago now, something like that. Uh, and, and we're connected through Longevity, the company. I met her at the Longevity conference in like 2016, 2017. I mean, I probably even did something uh, local in Texas area because she was near Denton, uh, which is in the Dallas, Texas area. And I'm in yep. San Antonio, which I was. Now I'm not anymore there. But uh, t- we just got connected and we immediately had a deep bond, me and Jen. And, and then my brother too, which some of, you know, I have a brother, his name's Devin. Um, But we all got connected through longevity and our passion for health and wellness first and foremost. But then I just started to discover so many incredible things for Jennifer. Uh, Her life experience is it's so powerful. And I give like all the credit to her and she's had trials and tribulations. She's just like anybody and just watching her grow and do the things that she's been able to do and, succeed and just have the life experience. It's just so incredible. And then it's funny because every year we would attend these before COVID, that is, we would attend Youngevity convention. So we would we went the California together. That's where Jen's family's from in San Diego, or maybe the, the Chula Vista. I don't know exactly where, but Just living in their life. And I remember just, so it's like me and Jenna, just, we go way back, right? Other guests, I might've had it on the podcast. I might've met them briefly or known them a little while, but me and Jennifer are actually really good friends and uh, we're still stayed connected. She's in Austin, Texas now, and I'm in Boulder, right? So any thoughts on the past or previous relationship?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I was thinking, I think it even predates 2017. I think it goes all the way back to like 2004. 14. I think it's like Mm -hmm. much longer than that. Mm -hmm. Um, And you're right. We do go way, way back. There's always been a really special connection between us and also Devin. And uh, we've really had some great experiences over the last several years as we've been uh, in our own individual journey of growth. And then uh, our circles mix periodically throughout the year. And we have an opportunity to connect and 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 the conversation is always great. So we're really excited to do this podcast tonight and we're excited about what's going to be um, shared and also the lives that are going to be um, impacted by it. We know last mm-hmm. time that we had a podcast together, uh, there was definitely some, some lives changed and it was exciting to hear and see about those lives much later down the road even. So- I know,
0: right? We never know. It's all delayed and uh, you, know, you can never know how you make an impact. So um, uh, we, what we did this time was we tr- tried to collect some topics from people uh, it, just to see what they wanted to hear about. And uh, we, got, we got some exciting topics, I think, some good topics, I think, that are interesting for today especially. And uh, with Jennifer being a homeopathic doctor and having experience with really amazing clients, amazing stories, you know, uh, health and wellness and healing uh, from the core, uh, I've probably some amazing changes and and she can get into that too. Uh, And one of the questions we wanted to kind of start off with that we've got from some crowdsourcing was about really in particular is just the female hormones and fertility. And maybe what Jennifer has to say about um, maybe women who are seeking to be pregnant, maybe, maybe some thoughts on birth control, maybe some conversations around that, um, or just overall, like female empowerment, or just the female body in general. Um, I'm not sure exactly what that person was asking, but it, we could go from anywhere with that. I don't know what what comes to mind for you, Jennifer.
1: Yeah, so yeah. Um several things come to mind. I'm, I'm excited about this topic. I didn't expect it. So that is always nice. And I guess what I would like to say just to start is that the female body is um, needs to be properly supported. So um, whether you're male or female, um, whether you're um, actually animal or Person, you need 90 essential nutrients, right? And so any conversation that starts, it always starts with the foundation, and the foundation is the 90 essential nutrients. Mm -hmm. And then it goes from there into how to uh, probably the number one topic is hormonal support. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think. Oftentimes you hear about, um, hormonal problems and it's just sort of this umbrella. Uh, but the basic idea is that there are some, uh, some regular type issues that women have. And those issues include problems or, um, pain or discomfort associated with menstruation, um, difficulty with fertility or issues with pregnancy and breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finally um, something going on with menopause, whether it's uh, extenuating circumstances, symptoms, et cetera, those are sort of the main hormonal changes and events in, in the female life. And, and so um, there's been some really great things that I've learned really simple things that I've learned uh, by being a female and having access mm-hmm. to Dr. Wallach and his recommendations. And probably the the most simple thing I could say is calcium um, and magnesium and um, like cramps and Uh, spasms and ticks, whether it's like a little eyelid flutter, because your eyelid goes into like a little spasm or whether it's menstruation cramps, those are uh, the result of having a deficiency in magnesium and, and also calcium. And so it's really important to have a bioavailable uh, source of calcium that you're taking on an everyday basis, because there's a To put it in layman's terms, there's like a regulation system going on Mm -hmm. inside your body to make sure that there's a certain amount of calcium that's in your blood system at all times. And so if you're deficient that level still has to be correct so that things like your heart will pump, right? And mm-hmm. so uh, the calcium has to come from somewhere. And of course, it's being drawn out of the bones in order to make sure that the level in the blood is stable, right? Correct. So it, it's important mm-hmm. that you take calcium as a, an intake um, from, um, I prefer supplements because you can measure it and it's consistent. Um, you can get it from food sources, but um, I, I would say that unless you're testing every single thing that you eat, which is, you know, sort of ridiculous, you, a re- regular person can't do that, you know, wouldn't even attempt to do that. So doing a supplement is non-stressful. Uh, and it's more exact about the measurements and the results and things like that. Right. So just Mm -hmm. calcium every day to make sure that the blood always stays, um, with the right amount of calcium, but not because it's coming from your bones, but because you're, you're putting, you're nourishing your body with that. So that's probably the first thing I would say, um, if you have, if you have, or, or, you know, someone with. Uh, period cramps, then uh, one, of the, one of the easiest things that you can rule out uh, that is certainly going to be great for your body is just doing a really good liquid calcium magnesium product. So uh, that's where I would start with that. And then to continue, the next thing is that you want to look at how much cholesterol you're getting in your, in your diet. And, uh, you know, without getting into too much about this conversation, of course, Dr. Walk does a really great job in educating people on the um, benefits of cholesterol and the lies from marketing propaganda that have been, you know, really just proliferated throughout uh, the awareness of society, I guess is probably a good way to say it. And to demonize the re-
0: cholesterol, right? Right. Just to clarify.
1: Yes. To, to, to misrepresent it's action in the body is really what's mm-hmm. happening mm-hmm. and so rather than when you think of cholesterol you think of some something that's clogging up your arteries right so that component that little picture of clogging up your arteries is amongst other things. So if you look at it in isolation, then you won't necessarily be able to tell its function and its purpose, right? Whereas when you look at it in its entirety, where you have all the other things that are associated with it and you see it in its place, then you have understanding about it. And 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 sort of in a short version of that, it's that Cholesterol acts as a first aid type band aid to repair weaknesses in arteries that come from deficiencies, right? And you could get into all kinds of different what nutrient it is. I, I'm not going to do that. That's not the point. The point is is to give the vision to the um, to the audience about that there's something missing, and it has made your arteries or whoever's arteries. Uh, weak and brittle okay and so the cholesterol which is made by the liver and taken in from the diet um, it goes in like a like a band-aid it's like a sticky substance and it goes in and it sort of like patches and fortifies the walls of the arteries right mm-hmm. so the question is not bad cholesterol the question is why wasn't I getting the things that were making my body replenished and nourished and and rebuilt and regenerated why is my body in a degeneration right, right. so that's the real that's the real conversation so in terms In terms of cholesterol, and having started our conversation with the foundation of essential nutrients, and for your body weight, of course, and then um, specifically with an eye, a target towards that good calcium magnesium as a a pillar of that, then in addition to that, cholesterol um, is actually very beneficial. Um, I think it's, uh, Dr. Wallach says 70% of the brain by weight is made up of cholesterol. And it's like the insulation that um, protects all the neurons and the way that the information travels. So it travels faster, the more insulation there is, right? Mm. And the insulation is made up of the cholesterol. And so not only does it aid in cognition, but the other main job or, or place that it's used is in steroid hormones. And so that includes, of course, testosterone and estrogen and also uh, progesterone. And so one of the things that happens over the course of a female's lifetime is their um, hormones tend to fluctuate with different seasons of their life, right? So in order to provide a good support for that, to support the, the structure and function of that um that system, mm-hmm. then you need the raw material that the body uses to take that action and that that happens to be cholesterol. And so right. one of the one of the easiest and greatest things that a female can do is um, increase the cholesterol and I, I recommend more eggs maybe. Yes, that's it right there. And <laughs> it really is simple to do a smoothie with you could start out with just three or four egg yolks just make sure you take the white out. And then you can build up from there. If you go, you know, four, five, six days with that many and you were fine, then go to the next, you know, five, six eggs, you know, and build up from there. Um, But that's definitely one of the best ways to, um, to provide the body with the raw materials. It needs to regulate its own hormones without having to like buy a bunch of products, you know what I mean? And right. there are some great products on the, on the market. I don't really know that that's the direction I want to go in tonight. I want to stay mostly with just the raw materials, the body needs to support that, um, that's right. function. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. I think, um, I've done a lot of research too, with even dating females. Cause that's another thing is, I mean, it's in the, it's in the man's best interest. If they are a man listening, you kind of want your female to be happy and healthy and, Uh, maybe even fertile, uh, right? And other things. And I think that um, I I have some thoughts on this, but I wanted to know maybe your perspective on women who want to have children in the future and want to make sure that their baby is successful. I mean, in a world full of miscarriages and all kinds of birth defects and issues, uh, I think women are, uh, that's a big fear. I mean, I, I think about that stuff. I'd hate for my child to be born with some kind of defect or something like that, how do you think women can ensure that, uh, not that all these women listening are wanting a baby right now, but like, how can you ensure what, what are things to think about, uh, to ensure a healthy baby or healthy pregnancy even?
1: Yeah. So I would certainly cut out the 12 bad foods. Um, you just don't want inflammation in the body, you know, uh, when everything's swollen and, uh, just in sort of in like a stressful crisis situation, inflammation is like a stressful crisis situation going on in the body from some kind of factor. You just want that as least as possible. So you can be habitable to a life, you know, and just think about it from a very simple point of view. The baby's body is grown from the nutrients and raw materials that your body has. And so, the more essential nutrients, and especially things like minerals, and especially fat, essential fats, the more of those things that are available in your body for the um, the growth and well being of your child, then the healthier and uh, less likely you're going to have a problem with a, a baby.
0: Yeah, isn't it true that the baby in the womb is takes in nature it takes priority over the female health? like the baby in the womb will actually consume more of the nutrients. And uh, so, Absolutely. Th- so that's, that's a bet. That's a good thing. I think in nature, because the baby is spending for itself, right. in the womb, right. So we have to make sure to overly uh, nutrify the body uh, and make sure that yep. it doubles up. Uh, and uh, you know, even Dr. Wallach talks about birth defects being a result of nutritional deficiencies. Nutritional deficiency yep. disease is literally your body uh, uh, or a woman being pregnant and missing those key elements. And the, bo- and the baby is just building. I mean, imagine in construction project, you're missing like concrete or something, you know, you're right. missing some fundamental element that's supposed to put together the whole structure. And uh, that's why these people are being they're, they're We're ill, we're sick, we're getting sicker. Um, and COVID is, for example, we'll get to that later, but that's the least of our worries in the sense of we were already a uh, having a health crisis, I think, uh, before COVID, right? So uh, I yeah. think there's a lot to talk about there. I mean, any other thoughts on fertility and stuff before we move on? Or just so,
1: in yeah, so I think that the more simple that um, you can keep it, the better. I will say one thing I would love to share is one of the... I don't know if it's the number one, but it's up there in the top five uh, complaints that I experience or that I hear about from people or from women is iron deficiency and the concern of anemia or something that borders on anemia, whether it's coming from endometriosis or heavy flow or, um, whatever the case may be, um, that fatigue and the, um, feeling of being cold and just in general, the, the symptoms of, you know, being iron deficient, I have found a wonderful uh, liquid iron. It's uh, called Ionic Iron. There's a couple of different brands you can get it from, but it's only $10 and it doesn't make you constipated. It works in like five minutes. You just kind of, I put some in orange juice, you know, and it just, it really, you know, makes a big difference. So mm. I've really enjoyed that recommended it to a lot of people and it's made a big difference. So it, I like inexpensive options, <laughs> like really yeah, yeah, a lot, yeah. you know,
0: wow. absolutely. And, uh, which kind of leads to the next question or discussion topic that people had, which was really just, um, general self-care, but from a homeopathic remedy, you know, what are some things that maybe you do in, in, in your own lifestyle or maybe that you recommend for people to do? I can think of one for me, which is uh, um, really a hot bath or hot shower, right? Because j- just that alone, you wonder why everyone feels better in a hot bath. And it's because it is triggering the asymptomatic nervous system, which is the part of your body that is relaxing. And that is regenerative, right? It's a state of regeneration. We want to put our bodies in that state more often and as often as possible. I can just think of that one example, because with phone ringing and with electronics and, and the news and, and the fear porn everywhere and social media. And there's always something going on. We got, we had black lives matter. Now we're Palestinians and there's just a never ending. I think in terms of just what things we can fear and have a response to, I think people need to go inward sometimes and spend time in your solace, uh, maybe in nature, but just find that a place to regenerate and calm down, you know, uh, especially eliminating bad things in your environment uh, those are all natural things, right? Natural, organic things. Like if there's a negative person or, or even like a bad pet, I don't even know. Some people just need to give away their pet. Uh, I don't know. It's not, not like you're, you don't want to give up on your pet, but like sometimes I've had a couple of pets in my friend's lives, for example, that just, they're negative. They're really a negative pet or like they're angry all the time. So you got re- <laughs> to rethink about that stuff. Um, but I don't, know. I don't know. Those are some thoughts from me as to self-care. What do you, what do you think about that?
1: Yeah. Those are all really good ideas. And I know just what you mean about the relaxing in like a hot bath or a hot tub or something like that, you know, where your whole body breathes that sigh of relief, (sighs) right? That, that Mm. feeling of release, it's super good. And you're right. It does trigger the parasympathetic nervous system. But additionally, what I would like to share is I really like also conversely doing the cold baths and the cold showers and the mm-hmm. cold immersion and, um, really find use in it and enjoy it quite a bit. I don't know if you tried the cold showers and the cold, the cold, uh, immersion at all.
0: Yeah, we do it's, that. We have, we have a tub with like the water and the ice baths and all that. It's crazy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it, I really dig it. So I've been practicing with the breathing techniques and the cold showers. So that's been really, really awesome. I learned this cool thing about the cold protein, whenever it's like you subject yourself on purpose to stress. And so what happens is, is there's like this little cold protein and it goes and it, it wraps itself around your cells. And it creates a shield to it, so that you can withstand colder and colder and colder temperatures, right? And so, anyways, it's just uh, it's been an interesting journey. It, I think it's interesting to hear the the voice that says that you don't want to go do that, and then tell that voice to shut up and do it anyway. You uh-huh. know, it's kind of it's kind of like when you're at the gym and you you just get on the elliptical machine or the treadmill or whatever, and your body's like, ah, you know, there's some excuse that comes up about why it's time to get off, you know, and you're just like, no, I'm not getting off. (laughs) And you bring yourself into subjection. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, and so that's, I think one of the, one of my favorite exercises is that process in the cold showers and the, and the breathing techniques.
0: Yeah. I think, um, even like for me, we've been playing, we started playing uh, ultimate Frisbee, where it's just a lot of cardio and you're chasing the Frisbee around. And it's almost like representative of soccer kind of uh, pl- uh, sport. And I remember just putting my all on the line and on the field. And I remember that next day I was so sore and depleted, but when I regenerated, it's like when you put your body in that type of intense environment, your body, you know, acclimates. And right. they, it adjusts. And from there, I was able to just recover in a most in a powerful way. Uh, and I started to feel even better than I did before, which I kind of kind of goes to the workout stuff, uh, which is more compound movement. But like, whenever you're playing in a sport or something too, like that can become very therapeutic, because, uh, you know, it's like, uh, you're putting your all out there and you're like competitive, right. Um, and so that's a part of, ironically, in the self care, it's like, you've got a, I uh, I think a, a lot of people and I hope not a lot of people listening, maybe, but a lot of people tend to not do enough to even deserve the self-care. Maybe sometimes people are just too lazy or they're just doing too much of nothing. Your body needs movement. Um, oh, yeah. we were, I was hearing from Ben Fuchs, uh, about that as well, just how you need to move around, uh, whenever your body feels lethargic, it probably means you probably need to take a walk, you know, just, you need yep. to actually move around and, and the opposite is true. So, uh, I don't know. Those are, those are very interesting things. And like, you know, I, and I know that you carry around like a little kit because we've had injuries around you. We've, we, we've been on adventures with you and have had so many crazy things happen. And I think that, uh, you know, I think you, uh, one time we had uh, you come down to San Antonio when uh, my brother's best friend was fighting in a UFC tournament and he ended up, you know, winning and, and stuff. And then, he was, of course, after UFC, you know, like as a fighter, you, there are certain protocols that happen ha- afterward, you know, because you were just like punched in the face and, 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 and beat up and, and choked yep. out, you know, um, where uh, you, you should just share what, what it is that you, what you gave him. And then literally what happened to him right afterward. And this is probably something that pe- most people listening have no idea about. <laughs> and what do you, what is that?
1: So, uh, I remember that. So he got a really high dose of Arnica. I think it was like a 1M Arnica, which is for, um, it's mental, emotional, and physical trauma, bruising, overexertion of muscles, uh, just trauma in general. And, um, (laughs) so he was like pretty beat up, like bruises, black eyes, face all puffy, like, Yeah. yeah, super swollen. And it was just one of those leap of face, his adrenaline was going. He trusts you, you trust me. And you were like, dude, take whatever she gives you. And he said, Okay. And so he did. And by the time we're at we dinner, g- right? We're at yeah. dinner. And s- there was someone sitting across the table from us. And you know, someone in our group. And they look over and they were like, dude, bro, like your black eyes disappearing and we're like, what, what, what? And so we're all Mm -hmm. like eyeballing him, you know? And he's like, what are you talking about? You know? And then we were all joking that maybe we should have left him with the black eye for a little bit longer because Uh (laughs) that's kind of like the honor badge for winning the fight. You know what I mean? (laughs) But it was already too late because by the time we noticed what was going on, it was already gone. All the swelling was gone. The black eye was gone. Like everything was gone, you know?
0: I remember his face. what 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 was so fascinating to me was she gave him the Arnica Montana, which by the way is this little it's a little pill. It's like a little white pill. You can almost chew it, I think. Right. I mean, yeah. it's just a chewable and uh, it's, it's a plant by the way. So if anybody's listening, it's a, it's a homeopathic medicine, but you get it at whole foods, you get it at wherever. I mean, you can go to the, probably most grocery stores. If you have a healthy food store, you know, um, yep. Arnica Montana, they come in these little capsules and little deals. And so she just popped what, maybe four of them, mean, that he, he gave him like four or something. And that was the beginning of dinner, right. When he's all puffy and swollen and I think we were just like, we were getting the, we were finishing our appetizers or something. We were about to get the dinner. It wasn't even like at the end of dinner, it was yeah. like in the middle of dinner. And then all of a sudden, yeah, he had, what happened, I remember visually was uh, all the places he was punched were, they weren't swollen areas anymore. They were dots. They were literally dots. So the bruise turned into like a little dot on his face and it looked like freckles. It was the weirdest thing. And what it was was it was the bruising going completely down. Okay. I don't know what in the medical industry on it. Like, yeah, there's probably some stuff out there. Now Arnica, I think is becoming more mainstream. I know that people do get it after some surgeries and stuff, Um, but it's like, you know what we were able to give this guy and literally they turned into little dots on his face. That's how, that's how much of how gone it was. And though it's just such a simple homeopathic remedy that probably everyone should need in their home for bruising for injuries and all that.
1: Right. Yeah. And so many widespread uses. I had a very dear friend of mine that I work with at my night job and he had a sudden death in the family And, uh, he was pretty torn up about it. It was his grandpa. And so I just was like, you know, I'm just going to pop a couple of these remedies in my pocket. And so one of them was Arnica. And then there's another one for deep grief from the loss of a loved one. And I didn't even get to that one because I was talking to him and I had, you know, he knows me. So we had talked several times about homeopathy. And so this was his first opportunity to like, I had the right remedy and like he's going through something. And so he was like, yeah, I'm down. Let's do this, you know? And so I put an arnica in his mouth And like, I just kind of, I'm like, he's like, how long do I wait? And I'm like, I don't know, like five minutes or something. He's like five minutes. Most people think like 45 minutes to an hour, like regular Mm -hmm. pharmaceuticals that have to absorb, break down into the gut and then absorb in the small intestine Mm -hmm. and enter the bloodstream to have an effect. These are sublingual. Right. So, uh, like, I don't know, 10 minutes later or whatever, I'm walking by and he's like, all up and like you could see the clearing in his face. He wasn't like oppressed with that darkness from the grief, right? Yeah. He was like he was. I can't. I don't know how to explain it, but he was like up, and I was like, "Hey, how's it going?" And he's like, "Actually, I'm good." And I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah, you look." I'm like, "Yeah, you look good." And he's like, "Yeah, what is that stuff?" <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then I always get like the texts and the phone calls. Hey my mom wants to know what that stuff is, or, yeah, yeah. you know, I have this neighbor.
0: Yeah. <laughs> know funny. what is
1: that stuff you gave me again? And it's <laughs> not a
0: psychedelic or anything. She's not giving out shrooms to anybody. This isn't even, this has no, no psychoactive effects at all.
1: No, it is, it's totally it safe.
0: Biochemical. And yeah, I think it's just, and it's amazing to me that little things like that, are, are solutions to major issues, you know? Yep. Um, and we talk about that on the podcast, what I think that the matrix and everything, I mean, it's what's hidden and then what we reveal as simple truths and yep. those things just become fundamental. So yeah, really, really cool. Okay. Those are cool homeopathic things. I just remember you doing that with Mason. Uh, it was yep. so awesome, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, and, that was and- a fun night. That was, that was, and yeah, like I said, I mean, Jennifer's just our lives have intertwined so many times all over the place. It's just been so wonderful. Um, but yeah, I think, um, I think one of the other discussion topics was really your thoughts as, as a homeopathic doctor, maybe even as a mother, uh, with, with having children at this time and all this other crazy stuff. Um, what are your thoughts about, I think just COVID the pandemic, um, you know, what what maybe what's happened to you personally or how you view it, but also like how do you think this is uh going? How do you think this is a problem overall, like in, in the country and in, in the world?
1: Well, so when when this first started happening, I my initial thoughts were it's it's better not to have COVID. Uh and so since I think it's better not to have COVID. Then I was interested in supporting my body in every way I could to strengthen it so that I wouldn't get COVID. Okay. And so that started me on a journey of exploring the use of medicinal mushrooms. Uh, I really hadn't been into them all that much. Uh, And I started using a couple products from Yongevity that I really like that I've actually stuck with. And I have another brand that I like as well, um, where I got really into um, supporting my body with the um, different types of mushrooms. And um, then I was interested in doing a lot of research on areas of the world who uh, had homeopathic doctors that I really respected and what their experiences were dealing with patients that had COVID from a homeopathic perspective. So I did a quite a big research project, uh, discovering what was working around the world. And uh, that was very interesting to me. I think that that uh, one of the differences between homeopathy and the way that I look at things or the way homeopaths look at things compared to how everyone else looks at them are we look at things in a very minute detail. Um, So way before everyone else was talking about it, I was reading about the sense of smell and the sense of taste that, uh, later emerged as being an important symptom. It was definitely on the forefront of the research that I did, along with other things that really came from COVID hotspots we still don't hear about in the uh, regular uh, mainstream discussion. Uh, mm. So um, one of those things is that there was a, a lack of restlessness in covid patients and this is so uh important because most of the time when people get sick they tend towards restlessness right they can't get comfortable and they want to get up and they want to get down and they switch tossing and turning and moving and, and you know trying to find the right spot which in all of the cases i read Uh, the homeopathic practitioners were discovering that people had a lack of restlessness. And so that was a a definitely a, a, I call it an SRP or a strange rare and peculiar, um, especially when you combine it with other things. So the sense of smell being another one, and then there are even others. And so I, I had ended up ordering some homeopathic remedies that were in the top like five to treat COVID. I never got an opportunity to try it. Mm -hmm. I thought it was just a fun exercise. Uh, So just going through the process of learning about the disease from the practitioner's point of view, and then uh, the discovery of the remedies that they narrowed it down to. I mean, there's like thousands of remedies, you know, so really the only way is, is clinical practice, which I wasn't doing at the time or case study. So that's what I decided to do is case study on it. And it, it, I think that it took my fear level down quite a bit. So instead of being afraid of what it might do, I was like studying about what it is doing. And Mm -hmm. so that way I was more familiar with the process of it. So I, I, maybe it it was just an assumption, but I believe that I could detect it. And so that gave me a little bit more confidence in, you know, going out in town and doing things like that. Now I did get masks before they were required. Uh, I just didn't want any impediment in my regular life. Uh, I just want to go and take care of my business and I don't want anybody to bother me. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think that there's a point where you draw the line And, uh, there were things that I decided to do and I knew full well, when I decided to do them, I was going to have to wear a mask. So I accepted that, uh, requirement because I decided to do that thing. And then there were other things that I decided not to do because I had to wear a mask. And so my decision was, if I have to wear a mask to do that, I choose not to do it. Right. And that Mm -hmm. was my, my personal choice that I could, I could exercise. Right. Right. Um, am I glad that Texas has lifted the mask ban? Yes. Uh, and am I glad that my place of employment has lifted the mask ban? Yes. I do not like wearing a mask to work, especially when it's hot and humid. It's just like, you know, it's annoying. It fogs up my glasses. I don't think it does a lot of good, but a lot of people think it does. So I guess that's their opinion, but I think I can be responsible for myself. I think that one of the, the bigger conversations about this is, is that if people were responsible for themselves, then they could choose whether or not they wanted to use a mask. Uh, if they're not responsible for, their, for themselves and courteous to others, then they're forced to wear a mask because they're not responsible for themselves. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. There's so much that you unpacked there that uh, is a very interesting perspective because we, we haven't even talked about it too much, you know? Uh, between me and you. And, uh, it's funny how your exact, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for modus operandi, what you decided to do, your function was literally, okay, I don't want this COVID thing. I'm hearing about it. I don't want it. It's inconvenient. Not a, you know, I'm gonna, I'm scared. I'm going to die from it, but it's also just, but recognizing, Hey, it's this COVID thing. It's get, it's going around. It's, it's an illness. And so I think you and I both probably did the same thing, which is just like, I bought masks before anybody else did. I was wearing a mask before anybody else. I was like, yeah, I don't want this COVID thing. And I was the weird one wearing a mask. Uh, But then I was also doing really a lot of research about uh, like the case studies that people were already dealing with. COVID. And then also just how to get better with your immune system. That's the first thing I thought about. I'm not sitting here and listening to the CDC and Dr. Fauci tell me how to live my life and tell me what's best for my health and wellness. They are already the problem. They are the problem. I'm not going to get into the bioweapons research and all this other BS we've already discussed on this podcast, but it's like the medical system is telling us how to be medically safe. And they are, as Wallach would put it, they die, the medical profession and doctors die on average at 58 years old, right? So it's like, why are we listening to this profession that is not just corrupt and possibly even the genesis of the pandemic itself being the the the, the gain of function research and all the virology stuff they do, but beyond that, they already suck at their job, which is the to take care of the health of the American people. And so for them to not only recommend masks and do all that and social distance and all that, but absolutely no mention anywhere of vitamin D, vitamin C, right. you know, crucial immune system response things like nothing at all. And not just that, but actually demonizing and calling them a conspiracy theory to think that there's no cure. And I just the messaging about it. There's no cure. There's no. Right.
1: Even in um, fact, if you think about it, Dylan, um, what's the craziest thing about it is they're basically saying, we don't know what to do and we don't know what to do so bad that you better, everybody better stay away from each other and cover yourselves up because boy, if you get sick, we don't know what to do. (laughs) It's like
0: useless. I mean, that's yeah. And then, and,
1: and everybody everybody just skipped along behind it. Totally. And I was just like, "You're not even gonna try. In fact, you're gonna <laughs> demonize those of us who are trying."
0: Oh yeah, and then uh, I think one of <laughs> just, the biggest red pills ever for a lot of people was when those doctors from all around the country in America, at least, they were the ones treating COVID, and and they were getting you know response from using like ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, which are pharmaceutical grade products, but they're very inexpensive. They're they're not though they're not the, the high-powered drugs we see in big pharma ads, these are the cheap, right. inexpensive drugs that have been on the market for 70 years plus and have treated flus and other uh, coronavirus, you know, uh, viruses in the past with no problem. And for the, uh, the WHO and then later the CDC to incredibly, demonstrably demonize hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin and say, purely there is no cure whatsoever and i'm not i'm not even down that I, that's f- those are that's when you get it I, I love the preventative stuff but when you do get it if you do you kind of want some drug some something to help you with the assistance of the zinc and putting the zinc in the cells and all these other scientific things that the hydroxychloroquine did for example and it was just totally banned and they right. they drew up this medical study that made no sense at all it was these people in the in the study who were taking stupid amount of milligrams of it and of course, you're going to have side effects if you take it. And so, I just think it's funny how they made it. They made it as bad as they possibly could. Not just in the propaganda, but they tried to make the COVID thing as bad as it possibly could too. Telling people not to do it. The doctor, the the medical system, knowing that they are they come from the Nazi system, right? Which is right. The, I was obeying orders, Nuremberg trial stuff. And right. it's like the, yeah, um... you're obeying orders, like
1: operation paperclip where yeah. they brought all the doctors over to the United States and gave them and asylum it's, here. Yep, That's
0: their function from that. And so we're, we're, we're listening to that program on how to deal with this. So yeah, I just, uh, wow. I, I do, I still get triggered over all the stupid stuff that happened. And, Thankfully, um, people are kind of not wearing the mask anymore. All the mask mandates are uplifted with, by the way, no research whatsoever ever was displayed in any school board room locally or on the federal level as to why masks worked or didn't work. There was a very simple kind of, hey, wear a mask if you're, you know, it's, it's a pneumonia thing. Even if you were uh, back 10 years ago, if you had pneumonia, the, the doctor would give you a mask, be like, hey, you know, if you're if you're around others, wear a mask like because, you're coughing and sneezing so you're symptomatic and your symptomatic spreading will will uh, possibly affect other people and infect people that's reasonable but this whole idea of asymptomatic spread and how you can just breathe on someone or touch somebody and you may have it but you don't know and now they have it and that right. propaganda is
1: just And now, now you're not going to get any symptoms but they might die.
0: Yeah yeah. It's, it's like, like okay well do i have a weaker version of it or
1: Yeah. Yeah. What is it about me that makes me asymptomatic? Right. Mm -hmm. So anyways, so many questions about it, but I just like to keep it simple and I don't want, I don't want to get it. And so I am interested in, you know, just keeping my body healthy and I I'm always interested in keeping my body healthy, but I'm just making sure I'm especially vigilant right now. You know? Exactly.
0: No, it's so, so, it's so great. It should, I think overall, it was a positive thing. It made people pay attention to their health, made people right. pay attention. You know, it, it, or anybody reasonable knows that the COVID affected people with pre-existing conditions more than anyone else. So if you had diabetes, if you had a heart condition, if you had a lung condition, you know, these are issues that with a common cold virus, uh, could knock you out and kill you, right. you know, so that's right. terrifying. So, right. The, the, if you, the, yeah, go ahead
1: if you already had inflammation in your body, right? So from a number of different possible reasons or parts of your body that may have it, but if you already have inflammation, then your body is already at a a disadvantage going into it. And so I just wanted to level the playing field so that my body wouldn't be at a disadvantage, right?
0: And we know that if you had gotten it, you would have been totally fine. You would have been taken care of, you know, and, and that's what happened with me. I had bought some zinc, some colloidal silver, um, and some other immune system stuff from longevity. Uh, I kept some other things around just, just in case the the two things I was missing was ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. I think, I wish I had those two things, but I actually came down with what, with COVID. Um, I did not get tested positive, but three people around me who were also having the exact symptoms as me, they tested positive for COVID because they actually went and got the test. I got it when I went to Hawaii and that was the last time I'm ever going to stick something up my nose that far. And, uh, (laughs) you know, so I never, but I was like, okay, fine. I I have COVID that's, I just assumed I had it because I'm like, I feel like shit. So I remember that way, but you know what? I wasn't terrified. I was just kind of like, cool. Like, you know, I'm just going to take the zinc and take a little silver, take care of my rest, you know, just, just get over it. And actually funny enough, ever since having it, I felt better than ever. Um, and I have antibodies, right. Cause right. my body went through it and it's so much better that way. And I'm not saying everyone should get it, but at one point after I was finished getting it, I was kind of like everyone young should just get it. Uh, because right. we herd immunity is creating antibodies naturally. And that's what I was always team, you know, immune system, always team human team body, you know, team belief in your body kind of thing. So anyway. Yeah. Any closing thoughts or
1: on belief in the designer of your body for sure?
0: <laughs>
1: oh, gosh. He is, knew what he was doing, type of thing. <laughs>
0: absolutely. That's funny because that leads kind of to the next question, which is um, this was my question that I wanted to ask you. Okay. Which is um, what spiritual qualities? If it's it's intertwine, there's another word for it, but what spiritual qualities would you say intertwine? best with the time period we are living in and and I guess to reframe the question it's like what should we be doing spiritually to, to resonate with this time period. God put us on this earth at this exact moment. We're all alive. Anybody listening is we're all have the common denominator is you're alive, right? You're living right. at this time period in this, uh, in this, this, uh, flat earth, I'm just kidding. Uh, but it's this global earth floating around in the solar system all divinely designed. Right. And I guess the question is we're clearly in some turbulent times. I mean, the, the world is crazy. A lot of stuff is so i guess recognizable what do you think are some spiritual qualities or characteristics or just overall spiritual concepts to consider uh i think at this vulnerable time in our lives
1: so the one word that comes to mind is multiplication this is the season to multiply and i it's so simple and you'll I don't know if you'll raise your eyebrow when you hear it or not, but uh, everything around us in all of the cosmos is set to multiply. So the seed has orchards upon orchards inside of it and, you know, insects and animals and people, we all multiply everything is in a pattern of multiplication all throughout creation. And mankind has been given a position of dominion at the pinnacle of that orderly arrangement. And so... We are the embodiment of the function of multiplication. It's the only way to beat inflation. It's the only way to beat deterioration. It's the only way to, um, to launch out of the crumbling um, disaster that is obviously about to be upon us. Um, the, the, Sooner that we can respect taking something very, very tiny and multiplying it into many, um, the sooner we can have a better understanding about our purpose. Because when we operate according to um, like an addition system or subtraction or multiple uh, or division, then we're contrary to our design. So if there was ever a, um, if, first of all, it's set up to fail, God purposely set up, uh, every other system to fail except for multiplication. So that if you're, you know, kind of slow like me, then you try all the different options first before you're finally like, duh, none of these are working. So obviously I need to multiply. Right. So, um, you know, the, the, the kind, the way we were created in the, after the image and likeness of God, Um, he is a multiplier. And so therefore we too are multipliers. And so um, if there was anything that I was going to leave with you as something to um, you said, how to resonate with our season. And it definitely is, everything that has to do with multiplying. And so, um, what do I mean by that? Well, um, how many, um, things can be accomplished with a single action? Um, how many, um, How are you? Are you investing? And what are you investing? Are you investing into yourself? Are you investing into businesses? Are you investing into your mindset? What are you investing into that you're expecting a return? Um, And what are what kind of return are you expecting? Are you expecting like little tiny percentages? Are you expecting like multiple factors of that particular return? And why? And what is the priority of it? And if you're not clear about these questions or you're like thinking, wow, this is a good conversation, get out a piece of paper and and write down what you're investing into. Because if you're investing into toxicity, if you're investing into negativity, if you're investing into um, opportunities that don't produce a way out of what you currently have, then the things that are in your vision that you want aren't going to materialize. And so it's time to get serious. It's time to get sober-minded. It's time to get fired up and to get laser focused on the investments that you think are the most important according to the priorities that you set and to really just laser target uh, with with the most impact, the intention of the most impact possible towards multiplication in your life.
0: Wow. That was like some of the most powerful things ever said on this podcast, because even when you said that other programs just don't cut it, like, you know, other like division, subtraction, and even addition, and maybe this addition concept, maybe it gets you somewhere and you feel like you're getting ahead, but it's nowhere near your capacity for what your divine design is all about, and if we're designed to multiply, why are you playing games adding, and then why are you subtracting? I just think of when you said that. I don't know how you referred to it, but it's like I think of subtracting as like somebody's. You're you're subtracting just on somebody else's life. Maybe you're at an expense to somebody else, and you by maybe if it's laziness or circumstance, but it's just you might be holding someone else back, or you know. And but how do you multiply everything around you? Where in a world of multiplication. The way you think is maximizing potential and maximizing your situation. Do you come over to somebody's house and stay the night? Do you clean their kitchen in the morning? Do you wash your own dishes and, and then leave the place better than you found it? Uh, or do you kind of just, you know, laze around and just barely skate by, you know, but this could be applied to everything in terms of life. And just so much you said there with just planting the seed, because even when you think about it, one, one fruit comes with, you know, what is it sometimes hundreds of dozens of seeds, depending on the size of the fruit. And then not all those seeds make it, but it's like that multiplies, right? All these acorns falling from the trees and just they bit dug into the soil. And this is the live, this is the world we live in. And uh, wow, it's just, it's just, it's like, you're just, you're lining up exactly with what you should be thinking about how you should be thinking, uh, especially in the contrast when we think of this, like you said, disaster of a situation happening around the world. And uh, we just can't, we can't afford to be lazy. We can't afford to just expect things to work themselves out. Uh, We can't do that anymore. Uh, We have all the power. We have all the, uh, the ability now, you know, and we're designed (laughs) to be that way.
1: Well, and think about it too. Um, so what if we're wrong and what if nothing's going to happen and everything's just going to be wonderful and the worst thing that happened is that you busted your hiney, you were strategic you had the pressure of a definite plan and a definite vision in a definite period of time. And you executed it because you believed that setting priorities and following through with them was one of the most important things you could do.
0: Yeah, literally. And that's the worst, right?
1: So what what what's the worst thing that could happen? Okay, so nothing nothing bad happened, but something wonderful did happen because of it, right? Mm-hmm. And so um it's like plan for the best but or um I forget the Yeah,
0: prepare for the worst, plan for the best. Yeah, no, you're right.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so it's like, you know, my uh, when you're afraid you don't take nearly as much action, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's like you're hampered with action. But when you are looking to get the upper hand, when you have a proactive strategic point of view, then it's motivational and exciting, like from a place of sound decisions. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, rather than knee-jerk emotional reactions, you have you know really thought out, courses of action, you know, two totally Mm -hmm. different things.
0: Yeah. It's just that, um, you know, this is the, this is the powerful way to look at the world and look at your life and how you can frame your life. And, um, it, it, you just answered it perfectly. It's, it's, uh, it's gonna, it's, it's, how do you rise to the occasion in the time we live in? Uh, we don't live in traditional conventional sort of chill times uh, we live in a place where I think we are, uh, people are called to leadership and they are called to speak and to, uh, share their vision, you know, with the world, uh, which, which I would hope is divinely inspired vision. And, uh, I, I just, yeah, couldn't say it better. I mean, I think that that is something that we all have to consider and everything that we're doing. And, um, just, I don't know. And then another thought, a uh, question for you would be just, um, how to do that, I guess, in a, and maybe a culture that we live in today. I mean, we talk a lot on this podcast about cancel culture and just this sort of very triggered, responsive, uh, counterproductive culture we live in that is um, spiteful in a lot of ways and can be this difficult environment to grow and to prosper or to succeed or to, to inspire people if they're, if they're feeling so, bogged down. Um, you know, what do you think are some thoughts on that?
1: Well, um, I don't know if this is the right thought to have, but it's the thought that came to me. And that is that I think that our society in general is, um, suffering in a mindset that's stuck in jealousy and in, um, bitterness in a large regard. And so we don't know how to rejoice with each other's victories We don't know how to um, properly place the experience of watching someone else succeed. And um, we tend to have, you know, pretty by and large, a resentment towards people who are doing better than us. And uh, we need to have a correction, I think, as a society to um, into a mindset where we understand that when we see someone else succeed. when we see someone else succeed the meaning of that that should be attached to it is that that person succeeded that's wonderful because now i know that it's available for me too mm. exactly. that's the that's the proof that i know and and there's those of us that are doing things where we still do them even if we don't have the proof and then there's also so there's that group that doesn't need the proof. They are the proof, right? And then there's a group that they needed the support of the group that was the proof, right? So there's different levels of it. But the point of the matter is, is that when we see someone else succeed, it doesn't mean there's less of an opportunity for us. And that's really what we're seeing um, from the microcosm all the way to the macrocosm. And I think that I don't know what the the solution is to that situation other than the gospel. I think that the gospel is really the only solution uh, to unraveling that experience and um, specifically the character and nature of God, which I think is such a great uh, topic that we were talking about before with multiplication because multiplication is part of the character and nature of God, you know, and it's that abundance and that provision and that, um, that, that prosperity that comes from the, um, the glory of God, you know? Mm. And uh, I think that what I will say uh, to sort of finish that topic is that, you know, the way God works is in a process, okay? And so you may see uh, different parts of the process. There's differing opinions on... Um, the like when you say the word prosperity and the way people feel about it in relationship to God, and then when you say the word suffering and the way people feel about it in relationship to God, like kind of those two buzzwords at opposite ends of the spectrum, right? Mm-hmm. Or opposite ends of the perceived spectrum, right? And uh, and and what I would like to say is that it's all included, it's not in in an either or it's an and two. And so um, sometimes we look at a situation from one particular part of the spectrum and that may be In that spectrum part, we see suffering going on, or we see something that that draws our emotions. And what we need to remember is that there is a process, there is a spectrum, there is a, a thing that is unraveling, where if you look at one tiny little spot in the scope of the whole thing that unravels, you may make a judgment that doesn't necessarily Connecting context to the entire vision of what's about to happen, right? And so we make this sort of preemptive false judgment based on misplaced emotions from seeing someone go through that situation. And what we have to remind ourselves, what we have to remind others, um, is that in the process, when you arrive at your Thing, whatever that destination is, or whatever that stop on the road of the process is, then how do you want to experience that thing? How do you want to experience that place? And and the truth is, is that the the deeper that we can experience it, the deeper that we can feel it, the deeper that we can. Um, um, Have a a sensation of that, and understanding, and awareness—the the the whole um, experience around whatever that thing is—it is in direct relationship. To the journey that it took to get there. And so the, the depths of the struggle and the hardships and the lessons and the, the practice and the and the sacrifice and all of the things that went into the journey to arrive there creates the experience that you have when you arrive. And so, you know, if you just want to like arrive there and you don't want to go through the hardship and the and the struggle and the trial of it then you're not going to get as robust of an experience as I am because I have blood, sweat, and tears in my journey. I don't know about you, but um, there were days where I didn't think I was going to make it. And I don't know how I did. And the only explanation I have is that God was the operator in all of it. you know. And I just had Mm -hmm. faith in the operation of God in it because I know I couldn't do it. I know for sure I couldn't do it. And, um, so I think that having a correction, a a fresh perspective in the way that we look at things. And when we have a trigger in our minds that says there's a spectrum, where am I seeing this person or where am I seeing, if I'm looking in the mirror, where am I seeing myself in the spectrum of this and, and what tools can I use to enhance the journey so that I never have to go through this again, right? Mm -hmm. Because there's some things that we have to go through multiple times before we get it. And so it's like, what, okay. So I know I can get a mentor and I know I can plug into exercises and I know I can, you know, feed my mind and nourish my body. And I can, so the, 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 by the grace of God, the choice that I've made is I want to activate as many principles as I can in this opportunity because each opportunity layers on top of other opportunities. And so if you find yourself stagnant in a particular opportunity, then the stability is not sound for the structure to be built correctly. And so it lingers at that base level because it's waiting for the components to be um, built to be added in to build correctly. And so mm-hmm. that's both in the physical and uh, with the physical body. That's where we started this whole conversation. So the foundation of the nutrients is what gives the body's um, ability to have the structure and function be sound so that you can produce more. You can have the most creativity with your mind and and you have the most freedom of your mind instead of being so worried about degener- degeneration and the things that are associated with degeneration. You're focused on being able to be creative and allow the um, t- to conduct, to be the conductor of the energy that has been given to you in the vision of God for your life. And so, the more that I self care, the more that I self love, the more that I honor that that purpose and the vision of God for my life, the more that I um, get out of the way by sabotaging myself, and 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 um, it's 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 sabotaging myself, and also like. Um, Like thinking too much of myself or like being full of myself, like both of those things uh, aid the process of my demise. But the more that I can recognize that I have tendencies and then train my mind around the preferences that I choose consciously then the better chance i have at displaying the purpose that god's given me to display in the clearest image possible so um that wow. i yeah I'd, i guess well, i'll just stop there i didn't
0: no it's one, it's i've just so many things you hit that were so powerful um and nothing that you said towards the end had to deal with like you said earlier which is people focused on one part of the spectrum a perceived spectrum of suffering and they are like you said responding to something that's happening here but they're not honoring the process of what is happening in the the macro uh and that there's a process of, for everything to grow to even even civilizationally uh on that large of a scale uh and so all of these things that's like looking at this even just the COVID thing for example looking at the pandemic as just an overall growing cycle, really just showing people more about their health to be more aware of who they're uh, or what they're uh, putting in their body or something like that. And then, like you said, just, you know, having to um, take that and to multiply it in your own life and nothing about it is like you said much earlier, but jealousy towards others or really, you know, being upset that someone else is, you know, winning at something. It's like, no, this is the abundant mindset of, oh my gosh, that person did it. I can do it too. And it's just a shift and perspective. Uh, but it's not just, oh, that's how you're going to get what you want out of life. No, more importantly, more deeply. It's, it's what the, it's what God has purposed you to exist in that mode. You need to stay in that mode because that's your, that's your modus operandi. That is your function. And so by veering away from that and being in this lack, being in this, um, you know, a state of fear, uh, a state of where you don't, you have uncertainty, all of that is just, you know, that's leaving God that's leaving what you are designed to be like, we are designed for that that level of awareness and that ultimate level of abundance and um yeah wow that's just so powerful and that's not the heebity-jeebity, you know affirmation stuff which is there's some truth to that it's not just that it really is just it's what god has purposed us to to exist in right so it's powerful it's powerful it's a great way to end the the podcast too just you know like just being able to share that cuz um and you know, we could go on and on about that. And it's exciting because I think people listening uh, will be excited to see you maybe even have your own podcast, your own shows. Uh, and then of course, coming back on this podcast, anytime that you're welcome here, um, just so many great discussions. I know it, I got something tremendous out of what you just, this whole podcast, but really like this last 10 minutes or so is just absolutely powerful, divinely inspired um, it's just incredible. I, I think that I'm so happy you you shared that because uh, this is the stuff I'll make. I'll make a clip, a video out of this part right there and just blast <laughs> that thing because it's it's that it's that important. But um, yeah, I don't know. What are what what are your closing thoughts or just anything else that you want to add to that?
1: I mean, I was just going to say, praise God, you know, he just really delivered and I really didn't have any idea what I was going to share tonight. And I knew it was going to be awesome, but not because I could make it awesome, but because God's just really that good, you know, Mm -hmm. and God is at peace with you. God is at peace with me. God is at peace with every man, woman, and child on the planet. And I think that's the most amazing message and then once that's settled and deep inside mm-hmm. of you, then you have the freedom to live and grow and be creative and enjoy the process. And so, um, I guess we'll leave it with that.
0: Amazing. Okay, guys, thank you for tuning in. You can give a review rating to let us know what Jennifer uh, has inspired you to do. And we're going to post her telegram In the description on the podcast, so reach out to her. um, You know, and and I know that Jennifer has more in store for all of us, which is just maybe a show, maybe her own little channel that she can do, or 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 like a Telegram thing, whatever it is. I'm excited about it, and I'm encouraging her too as well. So you can maybe encourage her if you reach out to her. Thank her for this podcast. Thank her for all that. And if you if you have a hard time reaching her, just reach out to me, and I'll send her a message and and make sure you guys get connected. So. Um, thank you, Jennifer, for joining and and giving us this awesome opportunity.
1: All right. Thanks for having me, Dylan.
0: All righty. We'll stop the recording now. You guys have a great rest of your day. Bye.